Here at Doxadeo Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. That God brought creation out of chaos. He brought order out of chaos before creation started in Genesis 1 verse 1. He said the following, beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, like your room at the moment. And darkness was over the face of the deep. Load shedding. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. You see, God created the heavens and the earth, but it was still formless. It was still void and it was chaos. And then God spoke. And chaos became cosmos. He created out of the chaos of this world. And he's still doing that today. The Bible says God is making all things new. He's bringing your chaos into order. He's bringing life out of the world of chaos that you find yourself in at the moment. But here's the incredible truth. You are created to do the same. God has placed you on this earth. He's given you a breath. He's given you life to rule, to bring order. <laughs> Some of us like order. Come on. The planners, where are you? Yes. The just go with the flow people, where are you? There's it. We take life as it goes. I wish I were like you. <laughs> God created us to subdue the earth, to bring order, to rule in life, to bring order, to take control, to cultivate, to prevent chaotic conditions from forming in our lives. That We were created that way. But we don't find ourselves in that place often. We actually find ourselves in a place where we are overextended, <laughs> where we struggle to get order in life, where we are tired, Burned out, we don't have direction, we are falling behind in life sometimes. And God is saying to us, the way to bring order in your chaotic world, there we go, <laughs> is firstly, in week one we spoke about this thing, to submit yourself under His rulership, to come under the Lordship of Jesus. Before you can rule, you need to submit yourself under His rule. Week two, we spoke about this thing. The second way to bring order is to live from God's rest. That does not mean that you do not work. Actually, work is a beautiful thing. God created work before sin, just to say. Work is not a, you know, a, just a repercussion of sin. No, work is who God is. He's a working God. He created you to work, but He did not make, made you to actually worship your work. He made you to to rest in Him and to find fulfillment in Him and to work from that place. Sometimes we get it the other way around and what follows is chaos in our lives. And tonight we're going in this direction. The third way to actually bring order out of the chaos of your life is to live a life of connection, to be connected to God, obviously, we're not going to speak about that much tonight, but also to be connected to one another. Yes, now you can touch the person next to you and say, connected. Especially if you're flirting the whole night, now is the moment. I feel a connection. 
I just want to say, church is a beautiful place to find a wife. Don't stress. Amen. I find my wife in church. Don't feel guilty. Okay. So, who of you know what this is? I also brought a bit of a picture. <laughs> who of you know what this is? Lego. Any Lego lovers in the house? Yes. Are you still playing? No, I'm just asking. <laughs> you have a collection at home. You know, a Lego is a beautiful thing if it's connected to other Legos. It's a horrible thing if you find it alone at night. This piece has got the potential to break down families, to bring people to tears, to crush society <laughs> if you step on it with your bare feet hallelujah anyone experience that in your life okay why it's because it's made to be connected it becomes you know purposeful when it's connected to other legos if you disconnect it from the other bunch it only brings pain and sometimes I think some of us are experiencing intense pain because of the loneliness and the disconnection between you and other people. Another example, there was an incredible, huge, massive blackout in New York in the year, let me just check it here, in the year 2003, the grid tripped. We are very scared of that in South Africa at the moment. Like every time that thing goes off, I'm like, sure, I hope it comes on again. I mean, I'm, I literally rejoice when the lights go on again. Why? Because what happened in New York in 2003, the electricity was out for several days and there was a heat wave in New York. So none of the acorns were working, but listen to this. 800,000 people were trapped in the subways underneath the city for several days. People died in that experience. You know what happens when you live a life of disconnection? What happens? Death. <laughs> Maybe not physical death, emotional death, spiritual death. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? We can die. <laughs> yes, but did you die? No, not yet. But all of us will. Oh. Eugene, why are you so dark tonight? Come on. <laughs> Just keep it light and fluffy. You see, friends, here's the problem with our lives is that we have been conditioned in this very new idea, it's only 60 years old, of individualism. The world at the moment is celebrating the individual. Six years back, it came from a philosophy that says, my cares, my wants, my desires are supreme. And what they have found lately is that this philosophy of life of individualism also has a bit of a negative side, and we're going to get to that now. Who of you remember the movie Ants? Some of you were not uh, born yet, but the movie Ants, there's that crazy scene. Yes, you remember that. Okay. Worker Ant Z was at his psychiatrist, and he was processing his life as a worker. I mean, how unique and special is his name? Worker Ant Z. <laughs> Z, like, Okay. And he said to his psychiatrist the following, um, he's very, he feels very uncomfortable around crowds. 
He's got a fear of enclosed spaces. Now you have to remember he's living in an ant colony. <laughs> he says, you know what? I'm a middle child of like five million. So um, I did not get much attention and I'm actually not cut out to be a worker ant. I mean, I just give and give and give in this colony. I mean, what about my needs? What about what I want? Special me, you know? Do you remember that scene? It was, I felt so like, yes, go for it. <laughs> but here's the crazy thing, friends. All of us has got that desire to feel special. To feel, you know, you're an individual. You are unique. That your desires and your needs and your wants is the most important thing. It's supreme above all else. You know, we celebrate lawsuits over reconciliation. We celebrate individual rights over community responsibilities. We celebrate career advancement over company loyalty. That's who we are. I mean, our social media platforms are created to cater for your individualism. <laughs> it's like when I post something, everybody is watching me. At that moment, when I put up that photo, I am the center of the universe. Am I saying that social media is wrong? No, no, no. Post your photos. But just make sure that you don't have the expectation that the whole world, you know, stops when you post a photo. And you're waiting, you know, 54 comments. And you're like, okay, but yes, okay, 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 okay. But what do you really feel about me? That's the, that is the outcome of individualism. We are conditioned to think like this. You have a special profile pic just for you, a username that is unique to you, Eugene Lombard 94. <laughs> Very unique. <laughs> you know, I always try Eugene Lombard 1, but it's always taken. I don't know why. Some of you, is iemand Eugene Lombard? Flip you. That is how our lives are set up. And here's the crazy thing. Human sciences has discovered these days that when it comes to individualism, there's actually a dark side to it as well. And here's the very scary thing about individualism. Increased loneliness and increased isolation. <laughs> John Locke, which is the head of the Department of Human Communication Sciences in England, said the following, we have become solo sapiens. We suffer from atomization where we tend to drift away from each other rather than remaining connected. That's how we live. Yesterday we had uh, the GLS conference here. Anyone was, any one of you were here? It was incredible. Team, well done. There was one session that gripped me so much about the guy who told the story of a lady. She was about 66 years old in England. Looks like all the problems are in England, but anyway. So listen to this. She died in August of the year 2020. Uh, they'd only discovered that she was dead in February 2022. And you, it was in the news. It was a crazy story, people. What happened was some of her neighbors were actually started to complain about her full post box. 
Some of the neighbors started to complain about the maggots and the flies that were coming from a, you know, apartment. And the body corporate said, no, sorry, our pest control doesn't take care of that. She must take care of it herself. For two and a half years, <laughs> nobody noticed. Friends, that is the world that we are living in today. You think you are connected. But all of us in, on some degree feel lonely. You have friends around you. You have family around you. But if, you're, if you ask yourself this deep question, do I feel lonely? Do I feel isolated? It might be true in all of our lives or in some of our lives. This is the dark side of individualism. We have forgotten the art of connection with one another and thank the Lord for the gospel. And some of you are sitting here saying, okay, Eugene, okay, 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 okay. Yes, that's the world, but the church is different. I mean, we have community groups. We have each other on a WhatsApp group, you know. We know each other. We are connected. You know, yes, and I mean, individualism goes directly against Christian belief because we believe that Jesus is supreme and I should regard myself, you know, not as important as other people, Philippians 2. We know that, we know that. But the crazy thing about the Christian church today is the fact that we still gather as a collection of individuals. Our primary concern is still what I want. I come to this church because I like the worship. I come to this church because I feel special. Yes, Eugene, no, 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 we've got community groups, okay? That solves the problem, right? Now we have actually provided a place for individuals to come and focus on themselves in the presence of others. <laughs> That's scary. Come if you have time. Talk if you feel like it. Respect everyone's opinions. Never criticize. Leave if you don't like it. <laughs> That's scary, people. You see, can I, can I give you some hope tonight? Is that God created the heavens and the earth. He created human beings and he saw one thing that was not good. All of the things that he created was good. And then he said in Genesis 2, there's one thing that is not good that man will be alone. Amen. Krishan, yeah. All the single ladies, all the single ladies. <laughs> it's not good for man to be alone. And man, they're not a, you know, a, referring to a gender, referring to the species. It's not good to be alone. God created us for community. I mean, that's why God is not, you know, monotheistic. You know, He's only one God. He's three in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They are a community going on there. And here's the crazy thing. God invites you to come into that space of the relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He invites you to enjoy the closeness and the warmth and the connection and the intimacy of what is happening with them. 
And he invites us into that place, but he also places us within a family, a spiritual family. Psalm 107 says, he place, God places the lonely in families. We are family. Yes. Come on. <laughs> he places you within family where you feel safe. That's why we say we are a army on mission. No. We are a what? Family. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> you have brothers and sisters. God is your father. Jesus is your older brother. I mean, that is the family that I want. Wow. <laughs> Sounds fun. I want to share with you 1 Peter 2. Profound, profound. There's something greater, people, than individualism. Am I saying that you are not important? No. Am I saying that you are not unique? No, you are. You are weirdly unique. Rarig. But are you special? No. No. You're not special. You are loved. Listen here. There's a difference. None of us are special, you know. I, I need special treatment because I'm special. I want to be, you know, stand out, you know. No. Your issues, your problems are not unique. They're not special. All of us has got issues. All of us has got problems. You are not special. You are loved with your weirdness and all of your stuff. God loves you. And he places you within his family. Listen to this. 1 Peter 2 verse 4. As you come to him, Peter says, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, listen here, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be holy to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen race, verse 9, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. You see, here's the incredible fact tonight and the truth about our lives. And I've asked my, my eldest son, to um, build me a temple with Lego. Nah? I'm so glad that he didn't build a church because he understands the concept that the temple of God is not a physical place. It, this looks like a bit of a, I don't know what, Hindu temple maybe? I don't know. You see what happens is, when you are outside of Christ, you are not part of his family. <laughs> you cause damage and pain. You are sometimes in pain yourself. But what happens is when you come to Jesus, he takes you and he places you in the temple. He's, 
He's cementing you into His body, into His spiritual house. Yes, Eugene, okay, great. But I want to I be on top then, please. <laughs> if, if that's okay, you know, I am very special. So I want to be, you know, seen, please. Now, friend, listen here. You find your deepest meaning, your deepest sense of satisfaction and uniqueness when you are nestled in, when you are, you know, pressed in as a living stone, not a passive stone. Some of you are, are approaching church from a place of passivity. You come to consume. That's not the picture of the Bible. The Bible says you are a living stone. You are working in this temple. You are contributing. You are here because you have something to bring. You, you are connected to the others because you are unique. You have gifts. You have talents. You're not special. You are loved in the house. You are connected. You find your fulfillment, your purpose beyond your individuality when you are connected to the temple. What is the purpose of a temple? It's worship. When you slot yourself into God's family and you become part of the relationship of a family of God, you are worshiping Him. When you start to function with your gifts and your talents and your time, you are worshiping. You are part of His temple. You are part of His priesthood. You are there to proclaim the excellencies of God, His love, His grace, His forgiveness. You see, you can't, you can't explain forgiveness to someone if you don't do it. It needs to be done in a family. You can't forgive on your own. <laughs> you need someone to forgive. That's why we are in a family, to practice that in a family. Is this family perfect? No. Can I just say, this building was perfect before all of you got in here. The cups were clean. The carpets were clean. It was amazing. Then you came in here. You messed it up. <laughs> Church is messy, people. Because you are here. If you ever find a perfect church, don't join it. You'll, you know, destroy it. <laughs> There's no such thing as a perfect church. Because we are human beings. Normal. Human beings. Cemented together as family. Last idea for the night is, okay, Eugene, I get you, I need to be connected to people. I need to be connected to God's people in his family. But I find it difficult, you know. I've been hurt in the past by pastors, by church leaders. I've been hurt by church people. I've been hurt by people. <laughs> you know, how can I ever trust again? How can I ever open up my heart again? You see, that's the miracle of the gospel, friends. You can't do it alone. You can't try to, you know, fix this issue with people on your own. That's why Jesus came. And one of the first things that the gospel establishes is that these dividing walls 
of our hearts are taken away in the gospel. That we are reconnected. That he comes and he heals that pain of unmet expectations, of rejection, of whatever you have experienced in the church family. Church is messy. How should we handle church then? And I have one word for us. Grace. Grace. How do we do that? How do we make grace practical in this body? First thing, we need the freedom to be different. Amen. Thank the Lord that we're not all the same. Just look at the person next to you quickly. You are not the same. If you are twins, you are not the same. <laughs> if you feel like twins, you're not the same. We are different. And here's the crazy thing, is when we look at each other and we see things that irritate us and that frustrates us, you see, that's a kind of worldview that we have over people. The Bible teaches us to look at each other with respect, to look at each other with appreciation. The difference that I see in you, the weirdness, the goofiness, the otherness I see in you, I actually celebrate that and I enjoy that. Yes, you are one of the most unique people of God, but you are special in that regard. <laughs> Not special in the bad regard. We have the freedom to be different. Second th thing is we have the freedom to tell the truth in love, to be candid. When we, when we speak about grace, we're not saying, you know, we cover up all the bad stuff. Oh, no, you know, you, we're all unique. Just do what you want to do. Go on with your life. You be you, you know. You do you. No, sometimes we actually need someone to say, listen here, you are smashing up your life. Come. There's more for you. Someone need to look you in the eye that loves you and say, no, stop it. Come, there's something better for you. You are more than what you have become. Sometimes we actually need to confront one another a bit. But the, ch the church is very good to confront the people outside of the church. Ne? But no, we are not supposed to confront the people outside the church. We're supposed to confront the people inside the church. The brother that is sitting next to you. That is losing his purpose in life because of whatever. You can actually say, but come on. I've seen you better than that. Come. God loves you. Come with me. Yes, we absolutely steer away from toxic bluntness. I think that is the biggest sin in the church. We're not, we're not blunt with each other, you know. Yes, Eugene, but I speak what I want to say. I say what I want to say. Yes, but... Listen here, you can tell the truth, but if it's not in love, it's a lie. We tell the truth in love. How do we do that? When you tell the truth, you're actually willing to walk the road with that person, to journey. You just don't tell the truth and then leave. No. If you're saying, listen here, my friend, there's more for you. You are not busy with something that I see for your future, but I'm here for you. Let's walk the road together. You are telling the truth in love. Last thing. We have to have the freedom to make mistakes. 
We are people. Normal, broken human beings. You see, sometimes we see church as this place where we get to, we come to and we need to be perfect. We need to have everything sorted out as if it's, it's this, you know, showcase of my perfect me. No. The best place for you to make a mistake is, the, is here. <laughs> because there's grace, there's no condemnation, and there are people willing to walk the road with you. Maybe I can ask the worship guys to join me on stage. We're going to sing one last song. But I want to, I want to turn your attention to this little card that we've created for tonight. And maybe you are a visitor here. You are a guest with us. And don't stress. I'm not going to ask your signature and your blood on this. <laughs> don't stress. But what I am asking is, won't you consider taking a step closer to God's family? And maybe you're already in a group. Yes, you're already serving at some place. Well done. Beautiful. But in your heart, you are still disconnected. Because of fear of rejection, because of self-doubt, because of past hurts, I don't know. But won't you come and ask the Lord to come and build you into His spiritual house as a living stone. To go beyond your desire for individuality. And to find your purpose and your uniqueness in the collection of the body of Jesus Christ. For some of you, it means to actually take a step and say, I want to be part of a church. Maybe it's not this church. Bless you. You're always welcome here. But maybe it's another church. Maybe it is this church. You can tick it there. I want to go to starting point. I want to join this church. Maybe you want to join a smaller group that can actually walk with you, journey with you. You can tick it there. Maybe you are saying, Eugene, I want to serve somewhere. I want to, you know, be a living stone in God's family. You're welcome to, just as we sing, write this and drop it in one of our giving boxes as you exit tonight. Let's all stand together. I'm going to pray over us and I want you to engage with God for a moment. God, thank you so much that you place the lonely in families. That Jesus, you want us to steer away from the chaos of being lonely and disconnected and unfulfilled, Lord. And you want to place us as a living stone in your household. And I pray for each person that has disqualified themselves from being placed in God's house. Or people that has been hurt by church leaders or friends or other Christians or whatever. Lord, I pray for your healing to flow in their hearts tonight. Forgiveness to flow. And thank you, Jesus, that you are the cornerstone. Lord, you are the cornerstone. Church is built on you. It's not on built on human leadership. It's built on Jesus Christ. And God, we give you the glory for that. Thank you that you are also the head of the church, Jesus. And that you empower the church with your presence. Holy Spirit, we worship you tonight.
Let's sing together. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.